This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. Not even a compass it's a it's a boat with a compass and sails <laughs> so it, it takes you where you would not believe if you do it right and then you know everything aligns to this brand and the bigger picture you created so so yeah my advice is to you know stop reflect uh, focus on the branding read as much as you can about successful branding what it means you know there's a lot of great companies that have amazing branding doing great things and you know that's basically that's the lasting relationship you create as the brand you know anyone can copy a product but it's really really hard to copy and i would just say impossible to copy an amazing brand this was gardar stefansson who co-founded good good a company from iceland that makes waves around the globe with their no sugar added breakfast and brunch products to me Startups like GoodGood are extremely exciting since they have to embody all the components of great brand strategy. From starting with a niche product for a niche audience, all while allowing the brand name and design to survive any pivots, of course, to creating shared values, a great name, impactful design, creating a tribe that the big competitors can't steal away from you. And doing all of this from a Nordic island. (laughs) Gardar, And I talk about all of that, and it is a wonderful story of accidental as well as planned brand success with many insights marketers and founders alike can learn from. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank the latest supporter of the show, Dorothy Fulop, who joined on the Golden Circle level out of Hungary. If you want to up the ante with your brand or creative business while offsetting some of the costs of bringing Hitting the Mark to you every three weeks, then join this small group of brand strategists and founders from across the globe who hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly. Head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark to do so. And now, without further ado, over to my good, good, hopefully even great, great conversation with Gardar. Welcome to the show, Gardar. Thank you, Fabian. Nice to be here. Great to have you. I know I was butchering your name, but it's impossible not to butcher your name. Um, It's just, it comes with the Icelandic territory. So um, I have a a huge affinity for Iceland. I, I love seeing brands from a small country make it here in the US. Um, I, I had Bjorn of Saltwerk uh, on episode 60, which was a fantastic chat. And I would advise anyone listening to catch up on that episode. But you were also working for a salt brand. Uh, I, I saw on your LinkedIn in Iceland at, at some point, right? But but now you're now you're doing good. You're, you're actually double doing double good. <laughs> tell us tell us a bit about that story. How did good good come about, and how do you differentiate in, in, in as a brand in a very crowded space? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's great question. So my entire professional life, I've been a food entrepreneur. So uh, as I said on my LinkedIn, I started Salt Company. And when I exited that uh, a couple of years ago, I was approached by my two other co-founders, uh, Johan and Agnar, 
who uh, just had acquired uh, a stevia drop production here in Iceland. Uh, and uh, they asked me to join the company and help them grow it and, you know, do some great things with it when the focus was just creating sweeteners. But uh, what fascinated me at the time, you know, being in the food business and, you know, knowing, knowing everything, you know, I knew about it at the time was just this amazing new ingredients called natural sweeteners like stevia and erythritol and many more that are just perfect substitutes for sugar and have really just zero effects on the anatomy of the body uh, doesn't raise blood sugar level i was just i was just amazed with the opportunities that what these sweeteners could do in terms of innovating new products just to take out sugar you know which is sort of the biggest problem with diet today is the sugar and uh, and we started you know focusing on creating and establishing sweetener lines but at a certain time it didn't we were not doing so well we were not the sales were not as high as we had hoped we had a lot of inventory in stock and uh, at the time it was like we had couple of tons of sweeteners are just about to get expired hmm. and as you know fabian uh, from the startup world uh, at that time it was not only a big you know uh, food waste that was ahead of us but big financial loss for us at that stage yeah so you know often when you are faced with a problem you often see solutions and uh, you know i every autumn here in iceland i, I go to the mountainside and i pick blueberries and, and i create jam and just in a one, you know, in one jam, it's like 50% berries and then 50% sugar. It's right. just ridiculous, the yeah. amount. So I just had this quick idea, okay, we should try to make some jams with the sweeteners. You know, there's so much sugar in it. So let's just replace it with our sweetener and see where we get. So me and Johan and Agnar, we just got some Ikea pots and pans <laughs> and we, we mixed it all together at my home and you know tried to use the, the berries and then the sweeteners and then we created this really disgusting first version <laughs> of our jam <laughs> it was of really course. bad but but then you know we did it like 20 times more and kept getting better and better and uh, you know suddenly we had a product and uh, we started to produce it first in iceland but then we outsourced it to the netherlands and just to just to pause you there um for a second so really the, the 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 strategy behind the jam was not a strategy it was just basically a solution to the problem of you having too much product and you didn't want it to expire and have that huge food food waste and of course you tried to see like is there any way that we can also monetize it and, and that's how that jam line came about which now is like one of your biggest sellers right yeah, absolutely. So it's the 1717 biggest jam brand in the US, according to the, the Spins data from January. And it's just growing. We're getting a lot of distribution and, and our customers seems to love it. You know, if you look us up on Amazon, we have more than 5,000 reviews of people who are, you know, loving our jams, four and a half star. You know, I really appreciate it. You know, all of those great feedback. And it's just, you know, it came from a problem that we solved, you know, and, you know, it, that's that's also what we try to incorporate here at Good Good is, you know, this experimental, uh, you know, thinking, you know, you know, a problem or a, a blocked way often leads to different kinds of solutions and even great ideas that can become bestsellers and, you know, the backbone of the company. That is so fascinating. And, and I think, you know, there's this misconceived perception um, 
you know, very much in the U.S., but I'm sure in in most in most uh, Western countries uh, or across the world of what what it means to be an innovator, what it means to be a startup, right? Um, and and here you are, you're you're you know you, you're fundraising, you're an upstart, you're trying to you know solve solve problems, and you're in the business of creating spreads and jams and you know and and that that to me is absolutely fascinating because i think a lot of people are not are not aware of you know th- that that really a company in any space today has to has to have those same kind of startup startup traits in order in order to make it yeah absolutely and i mean that's uh, it's about also finding a rhythm and finding what makes you good or good good as uh, <laughs> I got an advice earlier yes and, uh, and that's what we always try to do so I mean we classify ourselves as a breakfast and brunch brand and that's what we want to disrupt you know just you know just if you look over your you know your, the breakfast and brunch you had I mean how many sugary items are on the table I mean there's so much sugar there to start the day and we just want to be the brand that replaces those sugary products. And you always know that it's natural ingredients, sustainably made. And of course, always no added sugars. You know, I think it is so interesting what you just said, because when I was when I was getting intrigued by your brand and I was looking into it more and um I, you know, I, I I was wondering what that thread would be, and that thread of brunch and breakfast, um, and 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 really finding kind of a niche which is a huge niche but but a niche where where you can really where you can really start to be extremely competitive um is is wonderful i i love to hear that 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 just makes so much sense for your brand absolutely and it's all about differentiation and being different and doing new things and you know and you know building on that you know and bringing some great attributes to the table that brings the consumer some benefits and you know building you know a relationship there you know so it's key well and i heard you say um and i think you just reaffirmed that that you want to turn good good into a household name right a household name brand uh what what are the strategies to get the brand there i mean how 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 do you think in the breakfast space in the US, for instance, which we all know they're they're like the big, the big three, the big five, right? Like how how can a brand like yours compete and turn into a household name? Yeah, and that's a really great question. I mean, <laughs> we just like every startup and, and growth companies, we have limited budget in marketing. Yeah. You know, we don't have such big uh, size of market budget like the giants in the market. So you have to be clever, you have to be innovative. And one key for us is the, you know, the product has to be really good, good. You know, it's key that it tastes good and has, you know, low sugars and has the benefits. That's number one. But also number one is the packaging and the branding. You know, you have, I mean, where are the products sold? In the supermarket. So you have maybe one second, if you even have that, to get the attention of buyers and shoppers. And uh, you really need to invest in that so so we have always from the start put a lot of emphasis in the packaging and branding and how we look in the shelves and and you know creating that emotional bond from day one because that's where you sell the product so so that's key for us and that's really helped us is you know we shine in the shelves and second you just need to be really clever you know with the marketing budget you have i mean we're not going to buy tv commercials or big billboards we just have to target and you know, share the message to our 
our key consumers who are at the moment are people in the keto diet and diabetics and focus on you know getting them to you know take good good to their homes and, and tell our story and building on that community and and that doesn't happen overnight it takes a lot of preparations uh, you know and and all also a lot of strategy just to hold on to it and building a lasting relationship with the consumers yeah so you start you start within a niche in a niche right you start with with diabetics you start with people who are who are you know very aware of the problem that you're solving because for them it is it is it, it, it is a problem that that occurs every day right they live with it and then you focus on on the, on the breakfast space knowing that in the future because you get that first wave of people they're going to talk and then you get the second wave and that's how the snowball turns into an avalanche, right? And that's and that's kind of the idea. And I love I love how you and I I, I didn't mean to interrupt you before, uh, but I, I was just about to, as you as you noticed, right? But when you talked about you know how important how important branding is on the shelf, you know the visual the visual aspect, huge, right? Absolutely. And then on the flip side is also the emotional part. And you talked about forming an emotional bond. I know when you first launched, you launched mainly on Amazon, which is as far as far from an emotional brand bond as one can, can have because yeah. you're just one of a million products that people just somehow find and buy. And it's an Amazon experience rather than a good, good experience. How did you move that into your good, good experience? And how do you how do you foster these relationships? What are the values that you share with uh, with with your audience? Yeah, and I mean, we launched in Amazon in 2016. There was not a lot of food products there, and mainly it was to get like uh, uh, a touch on the market without investing in a 3PL or a warehouse and you know building you know a huge stock in the countries you're selling to. Just to get like testing the market and getting feedback, and that actually became our you know, one of our, the biggest part of our getting the products into grocery stores is our Amazon sales. Hmm. Uh, because when we launched on Amazon in 2016, and then we were on a trade show in 2018 at Expo West, we got interest from Europe, from American grocery chain, and we decided to uh, go there and, and present our products. And at that show, we could point out that on Amazon, uh, we were best sellers in jams and jellies, and we had about 500 reviews. And you know, there you have the social proving. You know, yeah, yeah. People are buying it. They're buying it at a much higher price than the you know the supermarket chain can sell it. And and that was actually a really good part of proving the case. You know, without spending too much money or investment in you know trying to get into a, a grocery chain, build the brand from there. Absolutely. No, and 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 for those uh listeners who haven't been to Expo West or or you know don't know about it, it is a massive, a massive trade show where there are thousands <laughs> of, of vendors that are that are you know some of the big ones, but but mainly mainly the small ones um, who showcase their new products, and it's it's an it's it, it, it's a huge audience. Um, I, I've been there once, and it was just mesmerizing to go through all of these stands and and see see all of the startups hustling and uh, and and experiencing all the new products. And I love how you use. Amazon for for basically for for R and D and customer feedback and and what sticks what doesn't stick and it's kind of like it's it's a fairly because it is somewhat detached from the brand that it, it it seems like a pretty safe safe space to do that um, 
I, I think I think that's I think that's I think that's really smart. Going back to the shared values, how how do, how do you feel? What do you think? So so we never talked about the name because you explained it already by talking about good good and <laughs> I know how there need to be two sides of good, right? But but what are those values that you share with your audience where you feel like you know they believe in your brand more more than just because of your one product or your other product, but there's there's there. There starts to be a connection on the brand level, not just on the product level. Yeah, exactly. And that takes time to build it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's key for us that, I mean, good, good means, as you say, it has to taste good. That's absolutely key component, but it also has to be good for you, hence the, the double good. But our values are, I mean, always uh, transparency and sustainability, natural ingredients, always no other sugars, you know, product, you can trust and you know ingredients that are simple and valid and that you can share with the entire family so even though we're targeting or not marketing our products basically to keto and diabetic you can share that you know across any uh, you know person in your life you know that is not even on that diet and just enjoy the sweet things in life without the added sugars so that's that's our main thing is to create this world where where you can really enjoy a sweet uh, product without the sugar and that's what we are trying to create because also a part of this is uh, my aunt who has diabetes and i i mean she introduced me to a lot of product that she was consuming that just didn't taste good mm. and you know it, you know and they uh, I, we really just want to change that you know and make our products suitable for all you know just people who just want to uh, eat less sugar so so that's yeah. Our values mainly is to create that sugar-free world of of happiness. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, when I work with my clients um, through through their own through their own brand uh, strategy, one of the things I do at the very end uh, of, of of my gruesome workshops, which are like eight hours <laughs> in a row, um, I I have them define their entire brand in one word so i you know i call it i call it your brand your brand dna um and so for a company like everlane it is all about transparency which is very close to what you do right for base culture which is a big goods company uh catering to the paleo diet who were my guests uh i don't know episode 26 27 something like that it was freedom right it's, a, it's like the freedom the freedom to choose the freedom to live a certain way um now that we already talked about this and we and we go go into this, what is, what is one word that can describe your brand? Because we talked about transparency and 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 freedom in a way as well. But but what what is it? Yeah, I mean we are in the food business and we are talking about sustaining diets, sustaining you know natural ingredients, and people enjoy food without any bitter effects, and you know thinking about their health you know, focusing on that and still enjoying the sweet thing. So I would say longevity is our our word, you know. It's longevity, just yeah, yeah. Building on that and just generating, you know, healthy products that taste good and are good for you. I like that. That's that's very that that's that's very different. And that's and that long longevity also works works together with your with your audience. Like they can also they can also feel that. Yes, exactly. And that what that embodies is not only, you know, reaching high age, it's just enjoying your life at every moment, thinking about your health until you are older. You know, we want to support that mm -hmm. uh, with our breakfast and brunch items and going a long way, you know, uh, in that journey uh, mm -hmm. for people to enjoy. Because, I mean, health is key 
and you know and being healthy primarily in your part of your life is just so important and i think i think humankind just woke up to that during COVID that we need to invest in our health yeah. now and just like focus on on you know living this life to the fullest and you know start thinking about our diets so we can prepare for whatever is ahead so we can enjoy long lives absolutely absolutely um when when you look when you look back at um at at the company which which i guess now is uh, what 7 years old right i mean it's pretty young yeah yeah we uh, i mean it's 7 years old to ye this year this autumn yeah that's right we're getting old you're getting you're getting old <laughs> <laughs> got to make sure you eat healthy <laughs> exactly exactly when when you look back on those uh, I, I guess at this point like like 6 and a half years um what was what was that one big breakthrough moment where where you felt like you know we all as entrepreneurs we all have that one moment where suddenly we get this one email or suddenly you know like something happens and we look at it in disbelief and we're like you know what i i think i think we just turned our startup into a brand like this is the moment do you remember what that was i mean was it was it when the when 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 the champ started to sell or was it was it when amazon started to take off or was there an investment round or what what was it for good good yeah, I, I love this question. I mean, uh, the jams when we started to develop and, and they started to sell in a small scale, definitely. I would say they, those were milestones to mm -hmm. to a moment uh, when I really felt that we were doing something. You know, finally, you know, we we're taking a turn as a company, and it, it leads to that same Expo West show that's happening in Anaheim, California, a really big one. You know, we we participated there. Uh, we were in the we were in the you know in the roof. You know, had a really small. Mm -hmm booth like a, 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 a like a like a small desk yeah and uh, we had our products there all cramped and presenting them and you know really up to it the founders me and Agnar Johan were there selling you know we didn't get any luck until the last day it was about four hours after the show of course we got a lot of interest but really if you want to make it in the states you need to get into distribution and you need a key account yeah and suddenly uh, there is a woman at our booth she's looking at our products and she's like yeah i i really like like this product i would like to get them in and we're like yeah uh, which company are you from and she says meyer and we're like meyer um that's uh, is that a store is a small store or no it's a it's a 300 uh, store chain in the Midwest, one of the biggest retailers there. And we were like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and then we just, you know, she said, yep, yeah, send me an email. Uh, we, I want to get this set up with my distributor. And, uh, and yeah, we take it from there. And then we were like, went online, saw the scope, saw the turnover. <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, we got into major retail in the US. They are top 10 biggest retailers, I think, in the US. Yeah. And, and there we got, you know, footstep into our natural distribution. It, you know, it's really hard to get into the distributing channel in the U.S. unless you have a key account like Meyer. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, now it's getting started. And now we are going into the U.S. in a full scale. And that is a defining moment. That's what yeah. it takes. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that is a, a massively rewarding um, uh, feeling. And, and I know you, you like that question because there's nothing better for a founder to talk about their successes. But on the flip side, <laughs> what, was, <laughs> yeah. 
what was like a you know what was a brand fail that you went through? And I I hate being negative, but I think people can learn so much from from other people's you know missteps, and we all have them as as entrepreneurs. We all do, right? Um, and especially when it comes to branding, right? There's so much that can go wrong with with a name or a color or a URL or a post or I mean it's just branding and marketing. There's just it's just like full of failures, right? <laughs> as well as like massive successes. But was there any brand fail you went through that, that you can share where you felt like, ah, that was definitely something that we learned from? Oh, there are so many mistakes, <laughs> but, I, but I, I have, I have a big one here and I, I encourage my team to, you know, do, you know, experiment and do it. You know, action is always better than doing nothing. And mistakes is a part of the journey. Just do them a small scale, you know, that's, and tell us about it if, if it happens. <laughs> but uh, we have a, I, I, we have a big mistake, you know, in the beginning when we were, defining what good good was we always you know there was always no added sugars natural ingredients and but we had not you know fixed on what exactly category uh, we're gonna be lunching at you know now we are a breakfast and brunch brand we're only innovating things in that uh, in that category but uh, in 2018 we wanted to uh, really ramp up our turnover so and we were, had not decided upon what good good products would be so we did quite a big mistake and and we went, went full on and launched a natural organic or natural uh, energy drink called coco yeah and uh yeah we were just really you know you energy drinks were just starting to you know new brands were popping up all over and it seems that red bull had uh, was losing its stake Mm-hmm. And we really just wanted to to you know introduce our energy drinks that were of course uh, without uh, the artificial sweeteners and only had natural ingredients. But uh, we did a big fail there. Uh, you know we sold some of them, but uh, the the problem was that it was with you know it was not in our category. We were it was not aligned with the brand. Exactly, exactly. it, it yeah. did not. And uh, and we were talking to audience that we usually were not talking to and talking about benefits that they just didn't care about yeah and uh, we you know we invested quite a lot in that and uh, of course we saw some sales but it came at a quite high cost because the marketing cost just to keep the brand alive in that category was just so high so uh, so yeah we we made a couple of thousands uh, of these or even more <laughs> 65 or something hundred thousand drinks and uh, we sold like 80% of it circa about, but then we just took the decision or made the decision to uh, to Got abandon it. that yeah. because it just wasn't aligned. And uh, and we, uh, you know, the pros from that is we, we had a failing product, uh, but we, 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 we killed the darling once we saw what was happening and also just uh, sharpened our focus on what we wanted to achieve with good good. So we went back to the drawing board and started to focus on the items that we were good in creating and launching on the market and you know talking to our audience you know uh like we do today well and it takes it takes guts to actually stop it too right because you already i mean at this point you have packaging you have you you did the advertising you've got the actual product you're you're so fully invested and for for a team of founders um, a small startup, right, where there's no CMO and CEO that can cut the cord, right? But for for all of you to just come together and say, you know what, let's cut this now, um, that that takes that takes a lot of a lot of um, 
you know, gut and moxie to do that. Because a, a lot of other people would be like, it tastes well, it's a good solution, people need to like this, let's keep pushing, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and sometimes it works, but in our case, we just saw it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, a hit for the future. It was taking too much time from our main, main line of products. And you know, I'm still drinking the drinks today as a as a warning to everyone on the team. <laughs> <laughs> because you you have two thousand of them left. <laughs> exactly, I have plenty of them left. I'm always I love those drinks, but uh, you know, I'm I'm probably the only one. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's key, you know, yeah. to to learn from mistakes definitely. Well, and, and and I think another big lesson in that is that with 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 any brand you have to know your audience and you have to stick to them, right? And I think that that's the big thing, you know, when when you're suddenly going into a, a sports audience, athletes, right? Like, you know, like it's a totally different, totally different, totally different story. And a lot of brands make that mistake. Um, and, and I think that that is something that goes back to really brand strategy and having a brand platform where you understand this is who we are, this is our tribe, this is what we're good at, and this is what they want. Let's meet right in the middle, right? <laughs> like that's yeah, really exactly. the spot where we need to meet. Um, very good. So um, how how has how has good good um, I guess not only survived, but as far as I can tell, based on what 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 uh, you shared with us, thrived during these times of supply chain issues, right? I mean, it's it's been, and we, you and I talked offline a little bit prior to that, based on my own startup, and it's and it's you know we're going through all the same problems that any other company is going through right now. But I mean, your 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 company, you know, out of Iceland, you're coming into the U.S. You 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 used to manufacture in Iceland, then you manufactured in the Netherlands, and now it's like split between places. How did you how did you survive these supply chain issues? Yeah, and I mean, we're often asked about that. Uh, it has been a struggle. You know, we have sometimes gone out of stock, but not for a long time. And that has actually propelled our brand really much through this uh, pandemic is that we have had products available uh, while the others have not. Hmm. And I think I think it comes to planning. I mean, we also hired, I mean, great team members that are smarter than us in supply chaining, supply chain and, and operations. And that's key to have the right people on board. But uh, also because we have suppliers, you know, in Asia that we source uh, sweeteners from, natural sweeteners. And when we saw the pandemic uh, starting, you know, in, in December 2019 and January 2020, we thought it's just going to be a problem in Asia, like it had been with the other, you know, yeah. pandemics of sorts. It, it did not really go to Europe and USA and the rest of the world like uh, COVID-19 did. So. So we just started to bulk up on the necessary raw materials during that time. Uh, and so we had products, you know, raw materials, you know, in our warehouse when it really hit in March and everything closed. And then it just, we worked with our producers in the Netherlands and, and our logistic partners. And it was, I mean, what helped us was just constant communications. So, so we were in contact with all of our suppliers every day talking about solutions, how to get product made, making, you know, decisions on cutting a certain line to to save another one, you know, mm -hmm. uh, our bestseller ones. So it was prioritizing and, you know, getting the bestsellers to the markets. And uh, we somehow managed to float during that season, you know, filling our warehouses and, and getting products to the supermarkets uh, by prioritizing, by constantly communicating, 
paying higher price <laughs> like mm -hmm. everyone yeah for course. everything but uh, but we also have quite good backbone of the company a great board and investors that truly believe in our our mission so 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 that has helped us but there are still problems ahead and it just need to be transparent about it and you know don't underestimate it you know front it immediately discuss about opportunities discuss about the problems that are ahead and uh, and that's how we have been dealing with the situation that somehow seems to be prolonging a little bit but but we have to work through it and, and now you're now you're um you know ready ready for other problems right i mean now what's happening in the ukraine right who knows how that's going to affect everything um you know inflation and i mean there's just it seems like the last couple of years <laughs> you know like the yeah. problems just keep keep occurring on the on the world stage um and it, it, often often people forget what that means what that means for for a business owner to kind of navigate through that and and to push forward and to kind of sig when everyone sags and you know to, to do all of that so um very interesting to hear how how you guys have been doing that and, and great foresight to to just to just buy as much as you can before when when, when you start seeing the problems occur exactly and that really helped us. I mean, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's just being strategic and you know trying to make the moves before a certain situation happens. And that's what we try every day, just to best our decisions with data and information and what's happening. And I think luck is always important, but it wasn't luck that you created the jams. It was because you needed to use them, right? And it's like, so it's, you know, you needed to do stuff. So it's always like one thing kind of feeds another and you have to have that, um, that, that, you know, kind of like that preservation, uh, that, that, you know, determination to actually push forward and do something with it rather than just let it rot and then, you know, say whatever, right. Moving on. Um, I think that's the, that's the beauty of, uh, of entrepreneurship. Um, but back to, back to branding for a second. Um, now that you, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're a founder of a couple of companies in your life, right? Like, like now you're, you're knee deep in one that's really taking off big time. Um, you've seen, Everything when it comes to branding, branding is super important to you as a consumer brand on the shelves um, and now in the U.S. What does, with all of your background now, um, what, what does what does branding mean to you? Because very often it's misunderstood. Um, but what, what what does it mean to you as a founder? I mean, branding is everything. I mean, by the rest of the day, it's is is that the bond you combine, you know. The product you're selling and the relationship with the customers and the tone of voice and I mean branding is a persona. It's a, it's it's the embodiment of everything we're doing and you know trying to achieve and and branding the branding needs to say that in a really simple way that the consumer uh, stakeholders, employees, and everyone just gets it immediately. You know, so so it embodies basically the entire process of you know, the offering or yeah. the experience we are trying to, to get across. And uh, I mean, it, it needs to be simple, creative, and, you know, leave something with the receiver. Uh, so you can, you know, get someone on board and create that emotional bond. <laughs> Sorry for saying that a lot, but I think that's really important is that yeah. overall experience of, of, of what you're trying to do. So it embodies basically everything. 
what the company is doing, the vision, mission, the product attributes, the look and feel and the taste and just what you're leaving behind and that entire experience. Yeah, yeah, no, and and uh, and that exactly sums up why I love doing what I do <laughs> because it is, I mean, it is just, it, it is so wonderful to put it all together uh, in, in, in this, in this magical package that immediately creates creates these emotions with people, I, I think it's it's wonderful. And you know, I mean, you're active in the startup space. You you know, you you run your own startups. Uh, you know, I don't know if you can call your startup a startup now after six and a half years, but um, <laughs> you're you're definitely in that scene. What do you see? other founders, um, you know, do wrong when it comes to branding or, or do you have any brand advice for other founders, uh, you know, where you think like that is a really crucial thing to do or something that you didn't do in the beginning or something that you see them do, do maybe like, you know, just missing, missing a chance on. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm of course in the food space. So I spent my entire professional career there and I often think that, you know, founders and entrepreneurs in that category are product focused production focused and they think of the branding is just the look on the packaging you know it needs to look cool and trendy so you get the consumer but uh, my advice is just you know you need to create and establish your vision mission and find out the why what and how and just like what are you doing what's your plan what's the bigger picture and somehow that work and reflection and you know it takes a workshop it takes a couple of workshops so eight hours mm -hmm. not a long time and it's it's so much worth investing uh, in the beginning uh, to have that discussion to have that reflection to write you know things on a on a board and you know get creative about where you're heading because it also creates a lot of excitement and tools and and just to to do the packaging to do the products, to you know, know where you're going and know your audience, and it helps you. It's 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 a compass. On, yeah. on, and it's, a, it's a great. It's not even a compass. It's a it's a boat with a compass and sails. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it takes you where you would not believe if you do it right, and then you know everything aligns to this brand and the bigger picture you created. So so yeah, my advice is to. You know, stop, reflect, uh, focus on the branding, read as much as you can about successful branding, what it means. You know, there's a lot of great companies that have amazing branding, doing great things. And, you know, that's basically, that's the lasting relationship you create as the brand. You know, anyone can copy a product, but it's really, really hard to copy. And I would just say impossible to copy an amazing brand. Exactly. A hundred thousand percent correct. <laughs> I mean, that's really it, right? That's, that's, I, I always call branding when done correctly an insurance layer for a company, right? Because like you said, they yeah. can steal everything and they will, if it's in any way good, even, you know, it might even be good, good, right? They will steal it. That's what's going to happen. So, um, so creating that, creating that brand is is the one insurance layer that you actually that you actually have. What's What's next for the good, good brand? What are you, What are you excited about in the in the next six six months? We got some, I mean, amazing new products going on. Uh, and that we're gonna launch. We're doing peanut butter, new syrups, you know, building on the baking mixes, you know, just 
disrupting the breakfast and brunch category. And I mean, I am I'm always excited when I launch a new product. That's just, I, I just really love to get the reception on, and you know, read reviews and just like, sometimes they're horrible reviews and, and you know, I, I don't cry anymore when I read horrible <laughs> reviews, but, uh, but I really like to read them because I, I'm, I want to get the feedback, but most often they are just really good reviews and just, you know, encouragement to do better. So, so we have new products coming up. We're getting, you know, the team is growing. It's really exciting. We incorporate here uh, innovative, experimental culture, flat structure. Mm-hmm. We're a global team. We have three employees in the states, one in the UK, one in Ukraine, uh, and and also here in Iceland, uh, ten people. So, so it's a multicultural company, and it's like it's tricky to 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 create a culture, but it's it's going quite well with transparency and honest communication. So I'm excited with the growth of the team. And just to continuing and bettering people life with great, amazing brand, in my opinion, and just <laughs> amazing products as well. So that also makes me wake up at night with good ideas. Yeah. Often. Yeah, that's what's that's what's exciting. And it's uh, it's good to hear your international, your international, um, you know, fabric of your company, and 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 working on creating that uh, that flat hierarchy and that transparent, uh, that transparency, and 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 forcing a, you know, not forcing hopefully, but forming a culture around that. Which, as 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 we all know, company culture, in in my eyes, eats 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 brand for breakfast. <laughs> Because yeah. I think it's really, I mean, without without a without a great company culture, it's really hard to create a great brand. So um love, love hearing you say that. Now that we're coming to to a wrap here, um h- how can people follow you either personally or how can they get to know good good? Where where can they pick up good good around the world? Yeah, uh, we are on Amazon, uh, both uh, across the pond in US, Canada and and the UK. And we are in like 6,000 stores across the United States and Canada as well. We have a store located on our website, goodgood.net. And uh, yeah, then we're selling our products uh, in multiple European countries, working on Austria. That's on my to-do list. Yeah, chop, chop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely calling some favors there. But uh, yeah, doing quite well, honestly. You can get them in South Korea, our jams, uh, Nigeria. Oh, wow. so there are many many countries where you can achieve them, but store locator on our website, goodgood.net, there where you can find them. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, listen, Gardar, this was, this was really, really um, insightful uh, and, and, and it was fun. And, 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 and I'm sure that a lot of people got a lot out of it. Uh, thank you so much for, for your valuable time. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to following uh, the good, good journey into great, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's the book title <laughs> <laughs> that is your book title that's right better start now and i have you on again in uh in in two years <laughs> thank you so much fabian a pleasure to be on this interview absolutely gardar stefansson and good good from iceland building a meaningful brand one that i'm excited to put my hands on the next time i hit up a grocery store I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, please do subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited, as usual, by the amazing Everett Barton. And Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only Happiness One. 
I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark. <laughs>